my purpose has become to to transform pain into power because I feel like that's very much what my story is. Welcome back to the Live a Great Story podcast, a weekly show focused on inspiring you to live your own great story. Each episode touches on universal themes ranging from crazy adventures to overcoming adversity, making a positive impact, changing your life's course, and more important lessons that will help inspire your journey. I'm Zach Horvath, founder of Live a Great Story, and since 2014, I've been on a mission of inspiring and connecting people through stories. What started with some spray-painted street art has now grown into a worldwide movement. We are all on our own journey. No matter where we came from, what language we speak, the color of our skin, or anything that seemingly makes us different, in the end, we are all just humans living our own story. And it's up to you to be the hero of your story, which inspires other people to do the same. This podcast is all about inspiring you and your journey. If you resonate with this episode, please share it with someone who needs some inspiration too. And if you want a reminder to keep living your own great story, head to liveagreatstory.com to buy some inspiring apparel or accessories and for more stories from people just like you. Enjoy the show. What's up, what's up? Welcome to the Live a Great Story podcast. I'm super stoked about this chat with Derek Lively because this is, I don't exactly know how long in the making, but maybe a year or year and a half because Derek and I met on a couch at a men's group and we're just sitting next to each other and he's like, (laughs) we're like, what's up, man? How's it going? And uh, I'm like, yeah, you know, like, I run this brand called Live a Great Story. And he looks straight at me and goes, I got a great story, man. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's strong. And then he proceeded to tell me his story. And I was like, no, actually not even then. It was, we, we, we circled back around to it, I think. I think you might've hinted at it. And then um, we circled back around and you gave me the full rundown of your story uh, shortly after that. And you weren't lying, bro. You weren't lying. <laughs> <laughs> it's a story, man. It's a story. I'm I'm happy to be here, man. Yes, it's been a long time coming, man. It's it's about time. Stoked, man. And we've become homies since. We've uh we put up the massive Livergrade story at the studio. The biggest ever Livergrade story wheat paste reminder is at um I think it's like eight feet. I, I can't remember exactly how big, but definitely the biggest. That so that was super cool, and we've done a lot of other fun stuff since. And now we're going to hop on here and share your story because I think what you're doing, who you are, where you've been, what you've been through, and kind of this journey that you're on is really inspiring for a lot of people. And you're doing a lot of cool stuff in Austin, Texas and around. And so um, just excited to be here, brother. This is awesome. And uh, you're in Austin, Texas. I am in Cappadocia, Turkey right now. So we're halfway across the world from each other, but stoked to be here together with you chatting and to have you on the show, man. Welcome. Man, yeah. Thank you so much. I, that's actually just so crazy to me. I don't know what you said, where you are, but yeah, I'm just having this kind of moment where I'm just like, wow, this is this is just really cool to <laughs> just be in Austin and you're over there and we're doing a podcast. I don't know. I'm, I'm stoked. Thank you for having me, man. So sick. So sick, bro. Um, well, cool. Let's, uh, what's, give me a quick rundown of your story and uh, just give me an intro because we're going to dive into it definitely a lot more. But um, man, who's Derek Lively? Mm, yeah, man. Thank you for that. Um, okay. So very, very short version. I'm not that good at this and giving short versions, but I'll do my best to just kind of hit some some key points. So very quickly, I was, I became a problem child. I became just a total shit show. I can say that, right? I can shit show. Okay. Go for it. Cool. All right, cool. Um, so I became just Speak the truth, a, man. Speak the truth. Okay. Perfect. That's all I needed. So I became a massive shit show very early on in my life. And, um, you know, I started hanging out with the wrong people and I got very, very bad into drugs. Like, ironically, I was one of the last ones in my friend group to get into drugs. 
but it finally got a hold of me and it, you know, started with just alcohol, partying, all that kind of stuff, and just very quickly led into pain pills. And then from there, it was like, okay, this is getting expensive. And somebody brought in heroin. And then, you know, I was like, okay, well, this is much cheaper. I still denied it for a little bit, but then got into it. And, um, and yeah, I got, it got very bad and it ended up to where I had 12 different overdoses. Uh, one in particular to where I almost got both my legs cut off. Like I would be in a wheelchair. I'd be a crippled dude, you know, uh, not being able to walk if that were to have happened. But, um, luckily I still have my legs, thank God. And they're kicking, they're kicking. So we're good. And yeah, you know, that's part of it. Another part of it is I got shot one night. Uh, when I was on eight hits of LSD and I was butt naked, I took four bullets um, from a 38 special and I ended up going to prison for four years because of that. So I have just massive scars from, from the overdose and then from getting shot and just all the surgeries and things like that. And, uh, yeah, there's a whole lot of other kind of crazy, just crazy stories in my life. But those those two are, you know, some pretty heavy hitting ones. And um, I feel like my my purpose has become to to transform pain into power, because I feel like that's very much what my story is, because even despite those things, um, I, I think going through those hard things and coming in you know, into like close contact with death so many different times. It just really made me appreciate the fact that I am alive and knowing that we actually only have this one life to do something with, like we're the artist of it. It's a blank canvas. We can, you know, paint whatever we want on there. And uh, so I went a different route. You know, I went a route where I quit my job and I started this community out of literally nothing. And then basically turned it into a subscription model, became an entrepreneur and then got recognized and now own a studio called Flow Imagine. Um, you know, and I want to speak on stages publicly and, you know, that's why I'm here doing little things like this and, and yeah, you know, pain into, uh, into power. And that's, that's what it's all about. And that's a little nutshell of, of my story. Yeah, bro. That's so crazy. 12 overdoses is absolutely insane. <laughs> um, and yeah. And so, yeah, man, I mean, you know, to go from, from that world into the world that you're in, um, actually real quick, share a little bit more about, you know, the, the men's group and some of the other stuff that you're working on now to kind of go from one end of the spectrum to the other. Right. So if we go from, you know, overdoses and getting shot by the cops and, and, you know, all of that and crazy drugs and everything to now, um, you know, paint, paint that other end of the spectrum real quick. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, so yeah, I got involved in recovery actually, like going to AA meetings and things like that. And I got into sober livings and it was really because of my last overdose to where I woke up at this girl's house, actually, my, my, she became my girlfriend later on, but I woke up at her house, you know, basically b being put on a stretcher and getting shot up with this stuff called Narcan, which basically like brings you back to life. Like you're actually dead, you know, and it brings you back to life. So, I mean, imagine what that would feel like, you know, like if you were literally a zombie in the grave and somebody shot you up with some shit and like woke you up, you know, it's, absolutely terrifying. It's a crazy feeling. But yeah, so I get to the hospital, I wake up the next day, and my head is doing this. <laughs> so it's like moving and waving back and forth. And I have to like focus to stop it from doing that. But when I like, stop focusing on it, my head just goes back to bobbling. And I was like, Oh, my God. I was like, I just literally like, I just messed myself up. <laughs> like, I almost lost my legs like a year ago. And now I'm like about to be just like bobblehead, you know? <laughs> and luckily that didn't last. Um, wasn't sure if it was going to last the, the nurses and the doctor, they weren't sure if it was going to last. So like, that was super scary. And 
I actually had an intervention to where this guy that just opened up a treatment center called Ranch House Recovery came and came to the hospital and was like, dude, you're going to die. You're going to die if you keep doing this. Like, come to this rehab. And I was, you know, I was finally like, okay, I'm going to go. So I went there and it just like really solidified the thought that I needed to be sober. You know what I mean? So that's like where it all started was just like getting sober. And after I got sober, that was just where I found myself. You know what I mean? And I ended up being in this relationship that I somehow held on to my sobriety through because it was super toxic, like so bad. But I ended up breaking it off with her. And right after I broke it off, I moved in with two of my best friends. And turns out they weren't really my best friends. Because very soon after, and this is a whole nother story, but very soon after, one of them started having sex with her. The other one knew about it and they were both kind of gaslighting me. And it was just a very pivotal moment in my life to where I was like, okay, hold up. Like this whole situation is on some level a reflection of some part of me. And this is not who I am and this is not who I want to be. This is not what I want to be affiliated or associated with. And I was like, I was like, okay, you know, I know what I need to do. Like, what would the higher version of Derek do in this situation? So do you think that that like came to you? Like, did you have those moments before where you had higher moment? Like, because a lot of people realize, I think realize like, yo, something's not going right in my life. Right. But, or maybe they don't realize it or they don't act on it. So obviously, you know, drugs and alcohol can have an impact on that. But like, you know, that getting sober element of like, hey, I need to, I need to like change something or else I'm going to die is is a big one. But then also like, I also need to like change my environment and everything around it to make a difference. I don't know. Did that, was that like a sequence of stuff or that, or, or maybe this was like the first time that you were like, felt that way or were you ignoring it? You know, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question, man. I have been told all my life, you know, to, to cut people off, you know what I mean? Because like, I was always the type of person to where like, I would see the good in people. I always, I like looked up to everybody. I feel like, and I still do that. I still like, I can see everybody's greatness. It's a beautiful gift, but also a curse because, you know, for instance, my mom told me when I was a kid, when I was like freaking like 11 or 12 years old, she was like, she was like, I'm scared for you. And I was like, why? And she was like, because you have a big heart. And I was like, well, isn't that a good thing? And she was like, yes, but I'm just afraid that you're going to see the good in people even when the good isn't there. And Dang, that's oh, crazy that your mom told you that bro, <laughs> so young too. Yeah, dude. I know, dude. And like, was she so, like, she was so right, bro. Like, I mean, so right. And so, yeah, so it was just this kind of thing, like this theme in my life to where I would, I would just be, I just wouldn't be with uplifting people. I'd be with like the wrong crowd. And when this situation happened, you know, I think it takes a situation to just like slap you in the face to where you're like, it's like, wake up, like a wake up call, you know, like you have to have a wake up call. And for me, this was just a fat wake up call, bro. Like, it was just like, dude, you're, you're one of your best friends is banging like your, your brand new ex, you know, and he knew like to the depth that you loved her and that you like wanted to be with her, but you just couldn't be with her. And the other one is gaslighting you and making you feel crazy, you know, and making you feel like, like you're somehow wrong for caring. And, um, and yeah, man. So it was just like, I was like, what am I even doing? Like, I'm better than this, you know? And, um, yeah. And so at that so what point, did you do? I was like, what did you do? Yeah. Yeah. So at that point, you know, I asked myself that question. I was like, okay, what, what would the highest version of Derek do in this situation right now? Cause I truly didn't know. I had just paid rent. Um, I didn't know where else I was going to live. Uh, and so I finally was just like, all right, <clears throat> I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go have a conversation with both of them. And I'm going to, and basically what I'm going to say is, Hey, like, 
I'm going to stay the remainder of this month. I'm going to find another place to go. Um, as far as like conversation, you know, between, you know, any of us, like I, I just, I don't have any for you or for you, um, other than a high and a buy when I'm walking in and out. And, uh, yeah, you know what? We don't got to talk shit about each other. We don't got to hate each other, but we just, you know, we just will never be friends again. And that's that. And they both were like, all right, cool. You know, it's just kind of like, you know, didn't even fight me on it. Didn't care. I was like, okay, like, so I'm making the right decision. Um, and from there, after I cut them off, I was like, you know what? <laughs> like, cause I was already going through a death. Like I was already going through this just like painful, just death. And I was like, I was like, all right. I was like, I'm cutting everybody off. I was like, I'm cutting everybody off. I was like, anybody that's connected to this version of myself, because this is what I'd always been told, like, cut everybody off. Like, my parents would tell me that, mentors would tell me that, and I just never did it. So I cut everybody off. And it was amazing because then I had this space to really, like, feel who I who I actually was. And it was lonely. For, like, four months, I was, I was just kind of alone. Um, but during that period, the idea kind of came through to me. I was like, well what am I going to do? Like, I, 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 I want friends. I'm not going to go back to the old friends. So like, I need to find new friends. And I was like, okay, what kind of people do I want to be surrounded by? It just kind of came through like a lightning bolt. It was like, well, people don't want to be better versions of themselves. Cause like, that's kind of what I'm on right now. I was like, okay, well, what kind of people are they? And then just kind of came through again, spiritual people, right? Kind of random. I've always been a spiritual guy, but like, wasn't that spiritual. But I'm like, okay, like, I'll take that run with it. And it was like, well, what do spiritual people do that I do? And through recovery, I'd picked up this little, like, meditation practice where I'd meditate for, like, five minutes in the morning. And so I was like, meditate. We meditate. And I was like, okay, well, what can I do with that? Again, lightning bolt. Start a meditation group. Right? And, like, the thought of that at that point was actually pretty laughable. You know, if I'm being real about it, because I didn't know shit about meditation. How long ago was that? Like, how long? How long was this? It was about three years ago. Now, in Austin or in another city? In Austin, yeah. So I guess it was about three and a half years ago. Because, yeah, it was three years ago since I did the first one, the very first meditation meeting. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, I ended up doing it and pretty crazy. 11 people actually showed up and it's really funny because I looked back probably like a year ago. I looked back at the first date that I did it and it was on October 11th and 11 people showed up. And it was funny because at the time I was seeing 11, 11 so much like the angel numbers so much that I've like looked it up and I was like, what does 1111 mean? If you keep seeing it, never knew what it was, never heard of angel numbers. And it was like, it means you're on like the path to enlightenment, like the right path or something. Um, but yeah, so I did it. 11 people showed up and I just told them when they showed up, I said, Hey, look, I'm gonna keep it real with y'all. I don't know shit about meditation. I just wanted to bring people together. And I figured y'all were probably good people. If you showed up to this, like you're working on yourself and they loved it. And after that first one, I didn't think I was going to do it again. But um, one person reached out and was like, hey, will you do it again? And I was just like, yeah, why not? I did it again. 13 people showed up and I really didn't think I was going to do it again. And then... um like three people, three or four people reached out to me, asked if I'll do it again. And I did. And like 35 people showed up. And at the end of it, people were crying and coming up to me and they were like, Oh my God, I think this is like divine what you're doing. Um, and it was just a moment where I was like, you know, all my life I've been kind of searching for that thing that I was going to do. Like I knew I wanted to do something and I wanted to make an impact in some kind of way. <clears throat> And it was just this moment of pure clarity where I was like, I know that this is like right here, this path, wherever this path leads to, this is the path that I need to walk. Um, and so I did. I literally quit my job like 
a month that's after. how inside so that was inside out yeah 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 that was that's how it, how it started. started yeah yeah because people literally started coming up to me and they were just like how can i get involved with this like how can i help like i didn't even create the idea the idea just literally like just happened because i followed that like inside you know like that nudge inside to like just do something different and to just like try something new and from there it just unfolded and that's like why i called it inside out because it literally just like came straight from inside me and it was just like didn't make any sense on a logical level at all you know what i mean like if you'd have looked at my externals and like looked at anything external you'd have been like this doesn't make sense like you you i had this girl actually messaged me because I invited her to like, I think it was the fourth one. And she was like, looking at my Facebook and she was like, you're doing this? Like you're leading this? And I was like, I was like, yeah. And she was like, huh? I was like, okay, what is that? What What's that? What, what's going on there? She was like, well, I'm looking at like your pictures. And, you know, to be honest, you just, you kind of look like a douchebag. And I was like, I was like, what? But I mean, she was right. Like, you go and look at my pictures. I'm like flexing, like in every pic, you know, just like got like my rap music playing. I know you know what I'm talking about. Uh, But then she goes, but actually, I think you're going to be able to reach like a whole different type of, you know, personality and person because it is you. And she was right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it is yeah, the audience, right? And like looking like the people that you're talking to or having gone through the stuff that other people are gone through or you know, it's like you can't be on your high horse trying to reach people who are down and down in the depths, right? It's like it's it's um do you ever run into any of those people that you ran with before? Like, do you ever see them any anywhere around Austin? Oh yeah, dude. I'm so happy you asked me that question. <laughs> I'm so happy you asked me that. Yeah. It's, it's actually crazy because like I said, it was the recovery community. So the recovery community is a group of just like savages, like straight savages. You know what I mean? These are people who are running the streets and stuff. <laughs> And, uh, there was this, there was this whole kind of thing going around to where they would like take pictures of me and post them. And like, it started off basically saying like, um, you know, I think I'm, I'm God and like, I will heal you. And there was this whole thing going around to where they started calling me the white Kanye. And, you know, it started, it started pissing me off. So I started messaging him, like finding the people who's making. I was like, I was like, what's up? I was like, do you have a problem with me? Like, do we need to handle this as men? You know, like I'm ready to fight them. <laughs> you know, which just made it worse. Because the meditation start- guy, the <laughs> yeah. meditation guy, wanting to fight the other guys yeah. in recovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it made it worse. And then there's like pictures of me sitting next to like a gong, you know, like like this or whatever. And it's like I meditate but I'll beat your fucking ass. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, but, but with all of that, that was probably, I was dealing with that like a year and a half ago, but now it's like, I think they've seen what really like who I actually am and like what's really come from all of this and the impact, like the positive impact that, you know, that has kind of, you know, occurred through this. And uh, I, what, a lot what's of that people, positive impact? What's that positive impact? <clears throat> I, it's just bringing people together, man. I mean, that's that's literally what it is. It's it's bringing people together because I think that community is the cure. I think community is the cure for everything. I mean, literally every shitty thing in life, like community, is the cure for it. Like whether you're lonely, whether you're anxious, whether you're you know in pain, whether you're struggling, you know anything. I mean, it does not matter. Like the list is infinite because like people are, are the answer, you know, people are all that we need. And, um, and yeah, so I think that they've seen that I've built so much community and I brought so many people together 
And a lot of them have joined in. A lot of them have joined in and started coming to like my events and things like that. And um, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it feels it feels good. It feels good to to know that they actually see that this wasn't just like some little stupid thing that I was doing. Because I mean, even I thought it was a stupid thing that I was doing in the beginning, really and truly. So, yeah. Everything's stupid in the beginning, but that's why persistence and, and sticking with it is so important. Because if you had done this for a couple of weeks or whatever and then fell off, then everything they said about you would have been probably right. But sticking with it mm. and, mm. you know, seeing it through and, and, you know, being that, I guess, the change that you saw in yourself and, you know, seeing that and, and, continuing down that path like that's how that's how you build trust and and um rely reliability is by not faltering right and so and and for sure you know in the time that we've known each other you've definitely done that right you keep going and like trying different things and and you know inside out has grown and changed and so, you know so many different like bringing other people in and then of course, now what you're doing with the studios and I mean, it's, it's definitely all been there, but for sure, the consistency of like Derek showing up for community has, has been there all the way through. Yeah, man. And you know, the, the beautiful thing is, is it's like, you can have an idea that you think is like ridiculous. That's stupid, whatever. I mean, that's once again, that's literally what I thought that this was. But as soon as I saw what came from it, as soon as I saw like the first tears start falling um, from people and people coming up and being like, oh my God, thank you. This is so needy. Uh, this is so needed. Um, that was what made me realize how much it was needed. You know what I mean? Like it was the people um, that really made it clear that really kind of created that like vision for me because I was like, well, if this is needed and all these people weren't getting it before, how many other people aren't getting this and how many more people can I give this to? You know what I mean? So it really did quickly turn from this stupid idea to this extremely meaningful vision to just break open the heart of the world. And that's literally what I want to do. Like I want to help people not feel so alone. So how are you doing that? So what is it that like people, you say people needed this. What is that? By running super powerful events, you know, I'm a certified breathwork practitioner and I think breathwork is one of the most important and just powerful transformative tools out there. Um, like I just ran a breathwork event this past Sunday and it was just crazy. Like so many positive reviews, so many, just like so much gratitude from the people there. Um, and also just me being able to feel it in my own heart. Like I know how powerful it is, but you know, it's not just breathwork. There's so many other things. It's just like being, being somebody that is there for people and that is open to people. Um, and that reminds them of their greatness, reminds them of their leadership potential and, you know, encourages them to to live out their fullest expression and to not play small um, and to be, you know, as big as they can be. Really, that's what it's all about. Let's jump back. What like. So I guess like what, what from your past, like going back like five, six, seven years or whatever, like what, what are those, what, what have you brought from that time period into now? Like that has helped you do what you're doing. Like, did you, cause like, I think you were probably this person all along, you know, you didn't just like miraculously change, like like your mom said, your heart and some of these other things, like what, I don't know, like looking back on, on some of those darker times, like how does, how does some of that still show up in your, you know, in your, in your practice with people or your, you know, leading the groups or, um, 
do you see traces of that still showing up? Mm. Man, you're asking some some great questions. Yes. So it's not just six or seven years ago, man. Um, <clears throat> so I was born blind in my left eye, right? Like nothing. Can't see anything out of this. Um, it was as soon as I like got old enough to really kind of ask myself the questions like, who am I? You know, how am I perceived? You know, how do other people look at me? You know, all those questions. I developed this super crippling insecurity and just feeling of inadequacy. Like, you know, it, it kind of was equivalent in my mind to being like an obese kid, but being forced to walk around with your shirt off. You know what I mean? Because everybody has flaws, but my flaw was like right in the middle of my face. So I felt like any time that somebody was looking at me, you know, that's all that they could see. So I just felt like I was walking around extremely exposed, um, invulnerable because other people could hide their flaws and I couldn't, you know, and every time I'd look in the mirror, like it was all I could see. And it made me feel just very alone. Like everybody knows the quote, if eyes are the, the doorway to the soul or the gateway to the soul, um, you know, well, if that's the case, then I only have one. So I must be like half of a soul, right? I must be half of a person, half of a man. Um, so I felt very isolated and I felt like I had this, I was given this charismatic personality so I could kind of connect with, you know, the cooler kids. But I also felt the same pain as like the other kids who weren't like, who didn't really like fit in. So I kind of, would go all around and mingle with like the gothic kids and like the punks and the skaters. I was actually a skater myself, but then I could also go, you know, chop it up with the, with the jocks, the, the athletes, the preps. Um, so I kind of like could make my way around every circle, but I, even so I still didn't like feel included. I felt like very alone. Um, I felt very separate and I felt like there was nobody else that had the same issue that I had. So nobody could really understand. Like, I felt like I could understand everybody, but nobody understood me. Um, and so I think that's like a big part that I bring into this. Like I've experienced the depths of just loneliness so much and just, you know, insecurity and, and inadequacy. I've felt it so much. So I, I don't want to, I don't want other people to feel that. How did you, so this is something I've been thinking about recently. I actually just, wrote this down in my notebook or notepad or my phone or something. But I think that the number one most, the way I, I think in, in kind of absolutes, but I think that one of the best things that anybody can do is to stop caring about what other people think of them. If, if you have, if, if anybody has their, they want to change their life I think that that's probably the number one skill to develop is to develop some sort of path, like personal path to self-confidence and enough self-confidence and enough personal understanding that other people's opinion of them doesn't matter and doesn't affect them. Um, because I think through that, you by pursuing that, and obviously in a healthy way, because you don't want to be like, like some people don't care about what other people think and they're assholes and not cool, not good people, right? But um, I think for the most part, if you can do that compassionately and like just not let other people's opinion affect you, then that journey can lead to like so much personal growth and the reason I think this is because I, I've been on this journey for a long time because pretty much probably when I was 18 or something, um, I started talking to a bunch of older people and they're like, yeah, you know, you get to like 50 years old and you just stop caring what people think of you. And I was like, Psh, why do I have to wait till 50? Like, why? <laughs> it, like, it was such a burden for me to like care what people thought about me. And like, especially like in, you know, middle school or high school and stuff, I was like, I'm just going to like go on this personal journey of stopping to care. Like, how can I get to a 50 year old's 
version of that as soon as possible. And so, um, anyway, I've been, I've been kind of thinking about this recently. And, uh, and so I wrote that down in my journal today. So anyway, how did you, or, you know, how did you start like with your eye and some of these other things? Like how, what were some of the steps that you've taken to kind of overcome that? Yeah. First off, I want to say like, dude, yes, that is so critical. I mean, self-confidence is the key to, to everything. You know what I mean? It's essentially the same thing as, is leadership, you know, because to lead, you have to be confident in yourself to lead. Like I'm very, very passionate about leadership and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, you're, you're basically saying, right. You're talking about transformation. You know what I mean? Because to be somebody that cares, that deeply cares what other people think about you. And then to be somebody who doesn't, that's, a shift. That's a major shift. Um, so I have been so obsessed with transformation and like you trying to like, think about what exactly is transformation. Like, how do you actually go from a to B, you know, not just talking about it. Like, how do you do it? Um, and I was actually sitting in a meditation led by a guy named Michael Rogerson, super dope soul. I actually, I've only done two podcasts. I've been a guest on two podcasts, Michael's and now yours. Um, so his podcast is super dope too. <clears throat> um, but during this thing, he was leading this meditation, this Osho meditation he was leading. It just like came through to me. Three words, three words as to what transformation actually is. And I think it's the simplest most just clear definition of what transformation is and how to um, facilitate it for yourself and for other people. And the, the three words were transformation is confrontation. So what I mean by that is you have to confront because you know the things that you're not confronting. If you're afraid of what other people think, then you're not acting because of what people might think. So you actually have to do that action. You have to press into it. And that's how you transform, right? Because for me, I didn't even want people looking at my eye. And so I would just be like this. I would just be like looking up and down, looking up and down, wouldn't hold eye contact. And I remember opening up, opening up, confronting, opening up to one of my best friends at the time when I was like, 17 Spencer Starnes and I told him I was like man I can't even I was like honestly I can't even look people in the eyes and he just stared at me and I remember like staring him in the eye and like my ego doing this weird shifty like shaky thing to where it was trying to get me to like look away it was like my reactionary mind was just like like fighting me and I just like had to like force my face and like my eye to like stare into his eyes and it was actually like a spiritual experience because like I kept staring and all of a sudden it was like, and it just like broke through and it was like pure connection. Like I'd never felt. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, and so I just started confronting. I started staring people in the eyes and like started talking to people about it because I would avoid it. If anybody would like people knew in like high school, like, oh shit, don't say anything about Derek's eye. He'll punch you in the face. You know what I mean? Um, and so, yeah, I, I just, you know, I avoided and I avoided. And that's what we do when we care what other people think. We avoid, we avoid. Uh, but in fact, it's it's leaning in. It's it's confronting. It's, it's pushing through. And that's what it is. And it goes with anything. You know, if you want to go to the gym, if you, if you want to transform your body, you have to go to the gym. But to go to the gym, you're going to have to confront your laziness, your inability to organize your schedule properly, um, your excuses that you make in your mind, you're going to have to confront everything if you want to get to the next level. What are you confronting right now? Damn, man. Life's pretty good right now, man. <laughs> life's pretty good. but uh, That's what's crazy though. When, when, when life's good, it and you got to keep you you got to keep confronting stuff, you know. Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. Oh no, I know. I think I, know. I, I, I think like I think yeah, I don't know. I'm asking you this cuz I I think about this a lot and it's like anyway, 
it's, 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 a, it's a funny one when you kind of maybe get a lot of the big confrontations out of the way when you like, there's some like, you know, when you start on this journey of trying to improve your life and make some big changes and like, there's some glaring big stones, you know, let's say, and you start chunking away at these big stones and then, you know, they get smaller and smaller and smaller. It's like, it gets a little harder to, to confront stuff when it's like, I don't know, that's okay. Like, this is not that bad, you know, things like that. Um, so, uh, it's something that I like continually, I'm like, where, where, you know, I, I, I have this saying like fear is a compass, right? It's so, like, what am I scared of? And like, what, do I, where do I, where is that pointing? Whenever I'm scared of something, that's usually the direction I think we should go. And so that's kind of the confrontation thing. It's like fear is a compass. Well, okay, well, I'm scared of that. I got to confront that. Um, do you have any areas in your life that you're confronting right now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now that, now that you, that you word it like that, I mean, I was just trying to think like, okay, what is it that I am still, um, avoiding and I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to be vulnerable to, you know, for, for being authentic. Um, I think, I think I'm avoiding confronting love right now uh because i know that love is the most transformative thing like it is the greatest tool for growth that exists um but whenever i you know whenever i give my heart to somebody i all of a sudden become acutely aware of my humanness and my flaws and when i'm by myself i you know i feel like a superhuman you know, because I don't care what anybody thinks. But when I get with somebody who's able to see every part of me, I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> what do they think about me? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Some real shit. <laughs> Some real shit for you right there. <laughs> you look, yeah, you I mean, look like you're thinking about that. You look like you have relationships stuff. are mirrors. Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm with you on this. Like, life's great right now, you know. And uh, I think we're both recently single, so um, that kind of like makes it really easy because you're like cruising at your own speed, and it, it makes it, you know, you're like I'll, I'll, I'm cruising at my own speed, and I feel very good. I feel like I'm doing really well. Life's fantastic but, but there's also that's only like a single perspective um and when you get into a relationship you get that feedback and you get that mirror and you get those challenges and and so now being on this side of it it's like man like i'm doing good but then you know then you you fall for some someone and and all that stuff kind of falls apart you're like oh man i'm not as cool as i thought i was <laughs> yeah. that's the truth dude yeah, for and I and I feel like that's the truth for everybody, man. I think you know, like I said, I think it's the most I know you don't like absolutes, but I, I really do think that love relationships that that is the absolute most potent tool for for growth and transformation because it's nothing but confrontation. You know what I mean? Like, yes, there's love, there's beauty, there's all that, but like at the end of the day, like you are gonna have to confront everything, everything about yourself, everything that you've pushed down, everything you've been able to kind of like tweak and, and kind of like refine, you know, like to like, look like it's this just beautiful, sharp edge when it's really, you know, needs some like sanding and all that kind of stuff. It's like every little thing is going to come out and you're going to have to look at it. You're going to have to see it. You're going to have to feel it and experience it. And yeah, it's a lot, man. It's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. It's not for the faint of heart. That's for sure. True, true, true. All right, let's get away from this topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's switch up. <laughs> um, so I'm actually curious because I don't exactly know the details of this, but the transition from um, inside out into the studio and 
Flowmagin and all, all the stuff. Like, how did this all come about, and what's happening with all of this in Austin? Because, you know, I think you're talking about community, and you know, we were meeting at for. Uh, I was coming to some of the men's groups for a while, the Inside Out men's groups, and we were meeting in someone's like apartment for a while, and then it went to like a church. And then it went to like other places and, and so you had kind of this like floating headquarters or location and then you found a space and kind of a space more or less fell into your lap and that's just been full speed ever since. So, um, and, and uh, there's a lot of transition that's happened with there and, and a new space and new people and things. So. What's going on with all of that and, and how does that look right now? Yeah, man. Um, so as I guess just first, I should probably just dip into what Inside Out was just very briefly. So yeah, it started as that meditation group and then people were like, can I get involved? And uh, I'm like, hell yes. And very quickly came up with a vision for it. And I was like, okay you like to dance. So you run weekly ecstatic dances at this location. And like, I would, you know, I had already gone through that, figured out how to like book a space and book a venue. And I knew how to get people there. So I was like, I'll help you promote. And so we'd have a weekly ecstatic dance. And then somebody else would be like, okay, you do breath work and ice baths. Okay. You know, weekly. All right. You do a weekly sound healing. You do a weekly book club. You do a weekly men's group. You do a weekly women's group. We'll do a monthly spiritual singles event and a monthly conscious business networking event, all that kind of stuff. So Inside Out grew from your own single meditation class into kind of like like a decentralized class system. That's right. Yes, yes. Just okay. under under the umbrella of Inside Out, you know, so it was everything was Inside Out. Did you run into problems with people like – like, cause there's a certain amount of ownership if it's like an inside out umbrella and then some people's classes aren't as good or like maybe someone else isn't a good teacher or leader or something like, did that happen? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, there was, <clears throat> oh yeah, man. There were so many, so many different things that were confusing that you just had to work through. But I love, um, there's a woman named Marie Forleo and her like, motto is everything is figure outable. And that kind of just like inspired me to where I'm like, well, it doesn't matter what it is. Like we can figure it out, you know? And so, so we will just keep going and just figure out all these things. But there was definitely a lot of confusion and, and things that we had to work through. But I mean, ultimately it was just like finding people who were aligned and who were down for the vision of just creating this, you know, amazing, um, community you know this community where we just had all of the things for like mind body and soul and just connecting people um and i mean that that was that was that's just what it was you know what i mean yeah very cool cool and then you got a space and basically we were able to kind of bring some of that all inside of one roof yeah so so actually the the owner of flow yoga Josh and his wife Carolina, and there's also uh, J Dev and Stephanie. They're all so amazing. But Josh is at first. I was dealing with his wife a lot. Then I started dealing with him more. Um, but it was funny because so I got to backtrack a little bit. Whenever I brought all these people together to run Inside Out, I literally brought them all to a coffee shop, and I was like, I had a whiteboard, and I was like, this is what we're gonna do. This is the vision. And I was like, in two years, if we keep doing this and keep building this, we will have a building. And it was about that time. It was about a year in like, I think it was like a year and 11 months, actually, that Josh randomly calls me. And I'm like at this point to where I was like dying, you know, with Inside Out. Like it was so hard. It was so overwhelming. And it was just getting more confusing and I was like, I don't know what to do. I was like looking for a co-founder. I was just all these things. And I kept telling people, I was like, I know that there's about to be like a massive shift. I was like, I don't know what it's going to be, but I know that there's about to be a massive shift. Like I can feel these like tiny infinitesimal movements 
under the universe. And it's like, it's, it's coming around to the other end of the circle. And I know there's about to be a shift. And, um, sure enough, I remember I just pulled up to the gym, uh, sitting in my car, like type fit, finishing up a text. All of a sudden I get a call from Josh at flow yoga. And he goes, Hey man, he's like, we, he's like, actually the words that he said, he said, I got a super hypothetical question for you. And I was like, all right, what's up? <clears throat> and he goes, if I were to give you a building, would you want it? And I was like, uh, fuck yes. And I was like, what do you, what is this? What are you talking about? And he goes, well, we have this studio and it's called body collective and the owner's having some problems and it's going under it's in debt. Uh, and so we're thinking about taking it over and this is kind of an experiment to see if, if this is like a viable thing for us to be doing with, with flow, you know, with the flow yoga network, um, would you do it? Would you commit to it? And I was like, yes. He's like, remember super hypothetical. I don't know if this is what's going to happen, but you know, super hypothetical. And I was like, I was like, okay, cool. Two days later, he's like, it's yours. And he's like, we're going to take 20%. You have the rest. And I was like, okay. And he's like, the rent is 14K. After you pass, after you pay teachers, after everything is 14K. And he's like, it has made 3K this month. And it was like the 27th of like June last year or something. I was like, uh, okay, cool, sweet, coming in. And like, we got it all organized and all that stuff. And then I went in there and within 90 days, we got it up to 20K. Um, and so I basically brought all my inside out members and put them in to like the studio and switched them to studio memberships. And that was kind of what happened. So like inside out now had a building um, and some people just dropped off because it was like a totally different location. Like all the inside out events were South Austin and they were in different locations in South Austin and this was just North. So some people were like, I just can't do it. So I lost probably like half of the people, but put the rest of them in there and then got new members and switched the whole thing. We turned it from just a, it was actually a dance studio and we switched it from a dance studio to just like total wellness studio. And, um, like what, what type of stuff? Oh, uh, like sound healings still had some, uh, brought some yoga in there. Um, had some breath work, had some men's groups, some women's groups, still had some dance classes, um, we're bringing in different, like one off events as well, like just really creative, fun type things. And, and yeah, but I mean, it's essentially, it's similar to what Flow Imagine is now. Um, because we actually moved from Body Collective shortly, like after we hit the 20K mark. Um, basically, Flow Yoga Anderson decided they want to switch locations. And they were like, could we come to Body Collective? Like, you good with that? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Like, it's it's y'all's, really. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, whatever. Um, I'm, you know, I'm here for the ride. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to give you Flow Imagine, which there's a whole crazy story behind Flow Imagine as well. Um, but for the sake of time, we can just move past that. But it's some crazy, like, karmic, like, God type stuff um, that's super wild. But yeah, so now um, we're in Flow Imagine. And and Inside Out itself is kind of, I don't want to say it's dissolved because it's still there. The energy of it is still there, but it's mostly just Sunday events. I still do Sunday events at Flow Yoga Westgate, but you know, it's like I'm with Flow Magic now. So it's like, it's Flow Magic now. Who should come to Flow Magic and what, 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 if, what are people looking for and what are some of the classes that y'all are doing there? Yeah, man. Um, Flow Imagine is a super, it's, it's like wellness meets play and wellness meets art. Spirituality meets art. It's that kind of vibe. So if you're an artist or a musician and you have somewhat of a spiritual side, definitely, definitely come through. Um, and also just anybody that's into wellness, anybody that likes yoga, anybody that likes to have fun, but also has a spiritual side to them and wants to like get more in touch with that. That's what it's all about. You know what I mean? We're just looking for just cool ass people to just build a super dope community. And it's already there. You know what I mean? Like 
Um, what are some of the classes, like like some of the names of the, some of the classes? Absolutely. Well, we have ecstatic dance. You know, that's a very popular name that I feel like all across the world, people know what that is. So I'll say that. Um, one of my favorite classes is with Wendell Singh. I think that's how you say her last name. Wendell, if you ever listen to this, I'm sorry if I said it wrong. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, she has a class called Flomo. And it's absolutely amazing. I was talking to her about it yesterday. I ran into her randomly at a coffee shop. And it's like, I, the class is, it, it literally is just an ego breaker. Like just such an ego breaker in the most playful, fun and loving and empowering way. But it's basically just like a dance class. But it's, it's so much more than that because people will come and you know, you could come in feeling kind of like in a cage or like in a box or just kind of like withdrawn a little bit. And she has this really just beautiful, playful way of bringing you out of that and like getting you connected to this like level of yourself, like your inner child um, that you might have not felt for like a long time, like for since you were a kid, you know, and she has this way of just bringing it out of you. And by the end of the class, like if you just walk in and like look at the class, like everybody's hopping around the room, like being just absolutely crazy and it's literally like the coolest thing <laughs> it's so cool so yeah that's that's a really awesome class and then also we have another class that i really like with Asi rihanna who's literally like this shaman this beautiful shaman woman and it's called cosmic sound activation and it's it's just it's amazing it's a sound healing and she does it with like this particular one she does it with like her laptop and like an interface and literally like takes you through sound to like a death, but then like brings you back to the light. Um, and I'm all about the dark to the light. So whenever I attended it, uh, actually last Thursday, I was just like blown away. I was like, wow, this is so amazing. And all of our classes are amazing. You know what I mean? I I'm not going to put anything on the, on, on the list that isn't, you know, just like an amazing class. Yeah, Flowmagine is an awesome spot, and I haven't been there since the takeover, but the, the definitely energy there and everything, and it's it's a special place for anybody in Austin that's looking for something to get connected to all of this stuff. So yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. recommend it, it. It it feels like an underground multicolored playhouse for adults. That's what it feels like. When you walk in there. True. Yeah. True, true. Um, it's cool, man. Well, yeah, this is this has been awesome. Um, so we kind of covered the past, covered a little bit of what's happening now. What What's on the horizon? What are you excited about for like kind of the second half of this year and um, obviously continuing to grow Flow Imagine and, you know, going deeper into the community and providing more opportunities for people to get connected. Um, anything specifically that you're excited about on the horizon? Yeah, man. Yeah. hundred percent. So I'm a part of the flow network, you know, so flow yoga. So they're basically like they're partnering with all these different studios. They just partnered with third eye meditation lounge, um, obviously body collective flow. Imagine, um, practice yoga. They're opening up another flow in Georgetown. Um, I think one in like Indianapolis, um, soon to have studios in Colorado. They are, they're going to have partnerships with studios and ownership in studios all across the world. And I think their goal by like 2025 is to be connected to over a hundred studios. And they're also looking for retreat spaces to take over. Um, like I think they just closed on one in Costa Rica and like two months ago or three months ago, they closed on one in Spain. So the whole idea is to, you know, have these studios and to have these retreat spaces, um, you know, to provide these, these places for community, you know, and healing. Um, so I'm just very excited to be a part of that and to be, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that I will have ownership in multiple studios as well. Once like flow imagine is totally off the ground. Um, and I also, I will be traveling. I will be doing big breathwork workshops and events, um, as well as public speaking in different states and, and things like that within the next two years. That's, that's my goal. Um, 
so yeah, that's that's what's on the horizon for me, man. Big things in the horizon. I'm super excited, super excited for what the future holds. I'm super excited for right now. I feel like there's so much just abundance in my life right now. I mean, even this, getting to just do this with you and you know, somebody I, I look at as a dear friend and brother and like gonna just chop it up on a podcast, like this is my life. <laughs> I love it, man. Such a good feeling, man. Such a good feeling to love your life and yeah. be in that flow where it's just things are clicking and stuff stuff's moving. So props props to you, bro. It's it's super cool. Um it's cool bit to have seen the evolution. I don't haven't been there for the whole thing, but definitely a good good chunk of it and um it's just awesome, bro. So definitely excited for you. Thank you, man. I'm excited for you too, man. You know, you're uh you're you're living you're living part of my dream right now too. I wish I was over there getting to experience all of that, all that new culture and just that that lifestyle, man. <laughs> That's so awesome. It's insane, dude. It's literally the wildest thing. <laughs> Every day is is a crazy one. Um well, this has been great, bro. We just hit an hour. So I think, um, yeah, it's been, I think we could definitely keep going. I think this is a good, good start for all of this. Um, it's cool, man. I mean, yeah, like going back to that couch and sitting there, you're like, I got a great story, man. And it's like, it's just cool, man. It's just cool how, how how the world kind of brings people together and to have connected with you and, you know, some of the stuff that we've done. And, you know, um, we tried to record this podcast about a month and a half, a half ago and didn't quite work out, but we just got to hang out, you know, and um, and now we get to hang out on here and, and catch up. So just uh, this has been super good, man. I'm glad to be your second podcast, too, and to you know, help share your story and what you're doing. Cause I, I really do think that it's crazy and you're doing a lot of stuff and, and it's, it's, you know, you're on this like very directed mission and, um, it's just been, it's just been cool to, to be a, like, you know, a, a witness to it all. And, um, hopefully, you know, sharing more of your story and kind of the, the spectrum of where you came from and what you're doing now, I mean, it can, you know, reach and inspire a bunch of people who, you know, are, are either going through that or trying to transition or, you know, um, struggling with something because I think definitely the perseverance and when you put your mind to it and you surround yourself with community is one thing that you've leaned on. Like that's like kind of the foundation. Like there's people out there that, need community and they need people and they need to um be around the right people and i think that's what you're providing and um are such a great example of so really proud of you and just excited to um it's excited to keep keep it going man see where flow magic goes and flow yoga and and everything that you're working on and um of course speaking and and getting on stages and leading breath uh breath breathing workshops uh, breathwork workshops is is really cool bro so just um yeah excited for you and how can people keep in touch with you and they they want to reach out and say hi what's the best way for people to connect yeah man um thank you for having me on this on this podcast bro i really appreciate it so happy to be here um best way to contact me is through instagram so my instagram is my name, Derek Lively, but on my last name, the E is a three. So it's D-E-R-E-K-L-I-V-3-L-Y. Dope. Derek Lively. And if you're an ATX, definitely go hang out at Flow Imagine. It's a beautiful venue, beautiful space. Um, super cool. Every time I go there, it was it was just I always left feeling more connected and more connected to outside and inside. Um, so a really great place to just hang out and meet the people you want to be around. 
And, yes, um, yes. And the website for that is www.flowmagin.com. That's F-L-O-W-M-A-G-I-N. www.flowmagin.com. There you go. There you go. Bro, this has been awesome. Um, I love you, man. This is this is so good. So I'm glad to glad to be on here and uh, glad to chop it up and look forward to following this and, you know, giving you a big hug back in Austin when we're back and uh, keep doing what you're doing, bro. I love you too, dude. And when are you coming back? Uh, I'll be back in October. Amazing. All right. Well, uh, I expect I expect a, a phone call like day one, maybe maybe day two when you get back. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. ASAP, ASAP. And a lot All of right, phone calls man. before then. That's right. That's right. All right, dude. All right, man.